It's not just doing thing. And this is where he actually disagrees with the 10,000 hours, the mm. 10,000 hour rule is he says you can do 10,000 hours of like crappy work yeah. and then like you won't be better. That's true. Right? So it has to be deliberate. And I think I forget his other words, like deliberate and dynamic or something. Um, but not like hard, like just one foot in front of the other very intentionally. Yeah. And then you really do reach a level of expertise. Hey guys, welcome to the Real Life Podcast, where we talk about exactly that every single week. Real life, which means some episodes might be about a fight we just had, some episodes might be about potty training since we have two toddlers, and some might be about eschatological realism because I love thinking and talking about deep theological things. And maybe we'll talk about all three of those in one episode. But we hope the show feels like hanging out in our living room with us, drinking a cup of coffee as we discuss faith and family and culture and Jesus. Me and my lovely wife, Alyssa, are your hosts, and don't hesitate to hit us up or reach out on social media to say hi or comment on this week's episode. Enjoy. What's up, guys? I'm Jeff. (laughs) I'm Alyssa. And welcome back to the Real Life Podcast. She's in the middle of eating a Rice Krispie treat. That's why she laughed right there. Guys. Sorry, I couldn't. It kind of takes a while to chew. Yeah. You guys probably aren't stoked on this episode. You know why? Because I'm back. Your boy is back. It's the not boys just, are back it, in town. Well, yeah. It's not just Alyssa interviewing her mom friends oh, yeah. or her mom, or which I know you guys loved. So all I had to say, I'm joking, but thank you guys for the feedback. Alyssa loved kind of spending mm-hmm. like three to four weeks um, switching it up and interviewing your friends and interviewing uh, your so mom. Yeah, what, was, what was the highlight of that real quick? And then I got thoughts for today's episode. I've been, oh, yeah, I've been, you didn't even tell me what we're going to talk about today. Yeah, but think about how long I've been off the game. I'm ready to just burst. <laughs> but no, yeah. What, what, I would love to hear from the audience, though, if you want more. Oh, um, that's like a, you're kind of no, slightly no, no, saying no, like, Not like that. If you want more interviews, more just friends of ours. Mm. would you like just more like one-offs where Jeff interviews guys or mm. I interview more girls or are you like no we really want the duo or both yeah there we go yeah it's okay, okay you guys can be no, asked no, one, one, can I say one more thing there oh sure one thing that I like just as like you know listening is that I liked that like you interviewed people who are quote unquote not like Christian influencers and I know that's a weird term and I know that like yeah that's weird with us but like um you just interviewed like people that like our, our friends, people. our family, people mm-hmm. we love, people we do life with. And I don't know. I thought that was kind of a cool. I don't see a lot of other podcasts doing that. Mm-hmm. Uh, Annie's actually doing that right now and crushing it. Annie, shout out to you. Shout out to Enneagram series, mm-hmm. Annie Downs. Um, but yeah, there's something about that that I think is kind of cool. But that was just a random little thing. But well, I think, think so, the yeah. thing is that everyone has a story to tell. And exactly. everyone's I just, an influencer. And I think just the people in our lives, um, not only do they have a story to tell, but we really love them we honor them we learn from them like they're they shape us so much in who we are and so it was just an honor to have them be able to come on and share a little bit about yeah. them and their story um to hopefully encourage you guys so i think my favorite part was just that um all three women you know i didn't give them much time i was like hey can you be on the podcast and they're like yeah i'm there mm. even if they felt nervous about it they were so brave once they got on here and they um i just loved how they were willing to do whatever to point to jesus Mm. and um it was just really encouraging i was really encouraged by it yeah it was fire 
I don't need to be here. I'm leaving. I quit no, the podcast. That's not true. But we're glad Jeff's back. We missed him. It's so June is We Jeff, missed him. Like it's you and the us. you and the audience. Us and the, a, audience. the sympathy welcome. I'm I appreciate sure all that. the guys are like, yay. But um June was Jeff's thirtieth birthday. And so I was like, babe, why don't you just take a couple weeks off? I got this. Um and then it was Father's Day. So he's like, June is his month. Yeah, so, June, I'm blessed and highly favored. Or if it's a good <laughs> meal, I like to say blessed and highly flavored. Got him good. Um, so yeah. Okay. So he's back. What back are we talking at, about today? So today I want to talk about spiritual formation via a book called Peak that has nothing to do with spiritual formation and is a non-Christian science book. When did you read it? Recently? Uh, yeah, like what? A couple weeks ago? Yeah. Oh. Um, phenomenal, phenomenal book. Um, and it gave me, I love connecting dots and I personally love like kind of connecting dots that I don't think a lot of people are connecting. Um, or is it cer- or is it certainly like an author's not co- connecting? Right. And so, um, yeah, so this book, what it was about, it's called Peak, and it was basically like studying. It was kind of from, I forget, you know, I think he was like kind of a uh, an expert in his field, you know, some type of professor or a scientist um, who specifically studies and has for decades. So he's very much like at the peak <laughs> of, <laughs> get it? Um, get it. <laughs> of that air, of like that re- uh, field of research on expertise like that's what he studies is expertise how people reach the peak performance of themselves how people reach like the upper echelon of being the best of the best at what they do okay stuff like that mm-hmm. and he's a scientist you said uh i can't remember if he's a, i think that or a research professor or something like okay. that but it's a lot is of case studies and a lot of science no 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 okay. no it's just like a just a normal you know book okay um mm-hmm. as opposed to like a non-normal book i don't know what that would be but um, <laughs> mainstream yeah. Is that the right term? Yeah, yeah. yeah. It kind of right. felt like Malcolm Gladwelly a little bit, the way it read, with a little bit more like uh, Malcolm Gladwell almost kind of would, like I feel like he would read this guy a little bit in his research and put it in Malcolm Gladwell's books, if that makes sense. So this guy's more like the expert himself. Mm-hmm. Well, Malcolm Gladwell's really good at taking the experts and talking about it. Mm-hmm. So the book Got was on it. peak. And like I thought it was actually, if you're familiar with Gladwell, there was a, some good stuff on like the 10,000 hour rule and talking about that and um, how it's kind of different than... Uh, what he says and there's some stuff there so i'm going to just kind of talk about some of the things that stood out to me okay and i want to get your thoughts this is all a mystery to me because jeff has recently switched over to the kindle and so i never see what he's reading so i'm like oh you read those oh you read five books this month okay Okay. if you guys if you guys want a pro tip for your life i don't like this because i will say i don't like the kindle like i'm not team (laughs) kindle i won't be on team kindle i want physical till i die and i want to read a book in my hands But one perk, and this is a pro tip for life, is Libby. So I don't know if you guys have the app Libby, but go to the app store right now, download Libby. It's a free app that if you have a library card, Alyssa just pushed the mic out of the way because she's chewing a Rice Krispie. (laughs) Don't want people to hear the chew. No, I'm sure it's annoying. Let us know if you're those people. Guys, it was staring at me. I just needed to finish it. You know those people like those people that have the personality where they get really annoyed by like chews or clicks or feet or all these weird things like i'm just not that person like you can chew you can have feet like out. you do get annoyed when i eat on the podcast i do and then somehow i always get hungry no i i do, I do that when, i know i don't get annoyed when you eat on the podcast i get annoyed when you say let's start the podcast and then you start eating and then say oh wait i'm eating we can't start the podcast does that make sense a lot of times we film but does that make after sense the, what, like when the kids are sleeping yeah 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 and i'm always starving because i'm chasing three kids around and i 
don't get to eat like I like to. And so when I put them down, I'm like, oh my gosh, I could eat like a steak right now. Yeah, you can eat all you want, but that like stop start of like, yeah, let's go, let's start. And then we <laughs> sit down and start and then you start eating something and you go, oh wait, I'm chewing. Like we have to wait a couple minutes. Let me finish. Okay, I'm done. So you can go on. So with if you want to eat during the podcast, that's that's game. Okay, tell them about Libby. Okay, so this is a pro tip before I get to the thing. Libby's an app that if you basically have a library card or um, if you should just go get one, because you should totally, like, I believe in libraries. I love libraries as an infrastructure of community, infrastructure of cities, uh, what they do, what they, how they serve um, people. It's just a phenomenal institution that I don't want to see die. I love libraries. Um, I don't think it ever would die, would it? Well, no. It's but not I, like a bookstore. No, but I think they're more like struggling at some levels. Really? Yeah. So, but, so what Libby does is you just put in your, it was easy as you just to sign up, you literally just put in your little library number or your library card and sign up for an account. And then you then get access to your entire county or, you know, area's library on audiobook and Kindle, which is like, un- so basically right on your phone it. and right on your Kindle. So that's amazing. So I literally checked out Peak and it takes, it's so seamless. I'm so impressed by the app developers because you would think something like this would just be garbage, right? Mm-hmm. So seamless, so easy. You borrow or you loan it or you put it on hold and it's just like a library. So like you'll go for to a book and it's like, check, you know, there's like 10 copies and they're all kind of technically checked out digitally. So you can't get it, but... It's just seamless. You press a button and then it shoots right over to the Kindle. And then I pick up my Kindle and start reading. And then it disappears. just like a library book after like three weeks or four weeks that like I can't read it anymore. I love it. No return fees. I always get yeah, yeah, right? return fees. Okay, I have a question. Sorry, this is totally off topic. But does the is our library's government owned? So are they run by tax dollars? Yeah, I think local government. Uh-huh. I believe. Yeah, I think they're county, right? So then how would they not do well? Well, don't they don't, like always be around? Well, yeah, but I think just don't people like go to them anymore. So like, well, you know. Well, yeah. Just they like go to you, coffee shops or get. Yeah. I just meant like I don't feel like things. they're being like seen as premier, marquee or that helpful anymore and kind of seem like they some I think I think a lot of people think they need to die. Like it's, there's no really? use for them, yeah. I just especially as a Could mom, wrong, it's like my favorite thing right now. Yeah. I'm so thankful for our library. Yeah. Okay, peak. Okay. So I'm a guy where I'll, I'll read books and then I'll make kind of like, I like making connections, especially from non-Christian books. I like reading a lot of more like science journals or journalistic ones or kind of investigative ones and then making connections to like our walk with Jesus. And this one I felt like was like not even me trying to make connections. I just felt like they were just there. So this whole book was on, like I said, how you reach peak and how you reach expertise and how you reach levels of excellence. Now, his basic premise is that it, it's repeat, it's micro-repeatable deliberate practice is how you mm-hmm. do that, right? Okay. It's not just doing things. And this is where he actually disagrees with the 10,000 hours, the 10,000 mm. hour rule, is he says you can do 10,000 hours of like crappy work yeah. and then like you won't be better. That's true. Right? So it has to be deliberate. And I think, I forget his other words, like deliberate and dynamic or something, um, but not like hard, like just one foot in front of the other very intentionally. Yeah. And then you really do reach a level of expertise. And it's all about kind of brain plasticity and all that. So couple of things that stood out to me that I thought were so relevant to like our walk with Jesus and spiritual formation was um, there was this London cab story. Well, I'll go to that one in a second. That one was really fascinating. I think that was the main one. To start, he starts He starts with like memory. So the first chapter is all on this guy that he literally trained. Like it was like he didn't have sp- – because we you, you see these people on TV, right, of like, you know, on like Ellen or all these things like, you know, crazy memory specialists and you can stand up and um, – you know, everyone in the audience stand up and say your name and, and then like 200 people go by and they can like repeat them all back. You know, just crazy memories, right? These wow. kind of more like, but I think we see that. We think it's all like kind of, oh, that's some crazy IQ or some savant or right, right. he just totally says, no, no, those people just, it's literally just a skill you learn and you just train yourself and they've just devoted hours to it. Wow. And there's patterns you recognize, there's things you do and it's uh-huh. just tools. 
So he literally trained a guy to, I think it took three years, but it's the guy I think who holds the current world record for just like remembering the most amount of digits. Wow. Like he would just spout off digits and then the guy would remember, could like go down to like hundreds. Wow. When most people, most people can only remember, I think seven or eight. Yeah. Seven or eight is the common, which is funny. That's why phone numbers are that long, by the way. There's se- they're oh, seven, seven yeah, numbers. Right. Um, uh, and it's because they need to go from short-term to long-term memory. And that's actually right. one of the first tricks, by the way, is to jump from remembering something in the short-term to the long-term. It has to be remembered via a pattern or a story. Like it has to be actually more like, it can't just be the information. Right, that makes It sense. has to have something yeah. to connect it to. And that's the trick they teach you in these things is you have to very, these people that are really good at this really quickly make, make really quick patterns or really quick connections. So if they see something, they tell a whole story in their mind real quick and all of a sudden their brain just remembers it, right? Well, so do you like remember that. that one? Did you ever play that game growing up where it was like to remember people's name? It was like an icebreaker. You went around a circle and then yeah. you had to like repeat yeah. things about them. Do, do you remember that? Yeah. So it was like kind of like you were telling yourself yeah. a story exactly. about them and to remember, remember the facts about them. Yeah. Okay. So that gets to my first point, the story thing. Because the one that I really liked was there was a whole section on chess and kind of grandmasters and Magnus Carlsen, who I don't know if anyone who knows the chess world, he's a legend. He's a number one classical player, number one blitz player. Um, he's one of the best blind chess players. He's just brilliant. He's amazing. He's young um, and he's awesome. But blind chess is like a crazy, like there's people that can play chess, right? What blind chess is, is where you play chess, basically turn your back to the board and they just call out what the person's doing. And then you say your move out loud, like A5 type of thing or something yeah. like that. And they, and so basically they're holding the whole game in their brain oh my visually. Goodness. Yeah. And he can do that like, like 10 boards at a time. Like oh he can basically play stop. 10 boards. Yeah. It's crazy. It's crazy, right? And you just trained in that. Well, kind of. Yeah. So then, or so, are they naturally inclined? I think there's a little bit of both, but what he talked about in the book that this is, I think the first point I thought was relevant to spiritual formation is um, they studied this. Like chess, chess is a really good kind of avenue to study memory and study how you remember things and how you kind of like build the more brain plasticity and muscle, right? To be really, really right. smart and really, really wise. It's not, it's not that these people are tend to be way, way, way more gifted. It's actually that they just have devoted a lot of hours to this. And so, so they did one really cool study where to um, there was three boards, right? Three boards of chess set up. And basically the first board was like a, like a, someone who didn't, who didn't know chess at all. The middle board was like a moderate player chess. And mm-hmm. the third was a grandmaster, which means like a level of like the most excellent chess players in the world. And what they would do is they would kind of like blindfold them or tell them to close their eyes. And then they would shuffle the boards around with, uh, into like simulated middle of the game. So like basically like they would make the board look like it's a middle of a chess game, right? Okay. So the pieces are kind of all mm-hmm. over, right? Mm-hmm. Then they'd say, you know, open your eyes or blindfold or whatever. And then they would go down the row and they would give the people th- like three or four seconds and say, okay, three or four seconds to look and then boom, the board's taken away. Like you have three seconds to look at the board um, and that's it. And then the test was like, how many, can you put the board back together? Mm-hmm. Like then now they give you a blank board and say, okay. put the pieces where they were, right? right? Mm-hmm. The person who's amateur could do like one piece. The right. person who's moderate could do a couple pieces. The grandmasters could almost do the whole board every time, like 80 or 90% of the board. But here's the crazy part. Then they did another test, exact same thing except it wasn't actual simulated games. It was just pieces put at random on the board. Mm-hmm. And then they went back through that test. First person, one piece, moderate player, a couple pieces, grandmaster, a couple pieces. Mm-hmm. So like the grandmaster, when it was actually a real genuine simulated version of a game, okay, they remembered it. almost the whole board. Mm-hmm. The minute it was actually just pieces like spilled on a board, right. they just, they weren't smart anymore, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. 
and the whole premise of that one, I thought, I thought that's crazy, by the way, right? Yeah. And the whole premise of that, if they dug into that, they studied that, is they don't remember where each individual piece is. They rem- remember instantly in three seconds a pattern. They mm-hmm. instantly see the big picture. Okay. The big picture is what they remember. The big picture is what they memorize. And to me, I just I was reading that and I was like, oh man, I feel like that's sometimes where the church is actually missing it with how we teach the scriptures. I think a lot of us, and especially in the West, we can be very individualistic. We can be very factual. We can be very much like you have to, you know, memorize this verse or this micro truth, or do you believe, you know, kind of, you know, Jesus, like very formulaic. Did Jesus die for your sins? Yes. um, Did he resurrect? Okay. Yes. Okay. Now you need to get baptized. Now those things are part of the game, right? Just like a chessboard. You need those. But what I think we're missing is at some level, yeah, we're missing the story. Mm -hmm. We're missing the big picture. We're missing the big pattern. And here's why. This isn't just at random. This is actually because it's more impactful and memorable. Right. Like you will actually be literally more impacted if you lean into a more kind of cohesive pattern story of how you walk with Jesus. Hey guys, Jeff here. I don't know about you, but a small business owner, people who have contractors and other people on our team and all these different things, hiring's tough um, and it's challenging and it has its... Uh, uh, pitfalls, but that's why I love ZipRecruiter. If you don't know about ZipRecruiter, they just make the process seamless and easy. They send you your job to over a hundred of the web's leading job boards, but they don't stop there. With their powerful matching technology, they scan thousands of resumes to find people with the right experience and invite them to apply for your job. And as the application comes in, ZipRecruiter analyzes each one and spotlights the top candidates. They're so effective too, that four out of five employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate through the site within the first day. So right now, you guys can try ZipRecruiter for free at this exclusive web address. It's ZipRecruiter.com slash real. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash real, R-E-A-L, ZipRecruiter.com slash real. Well, I think it just makes it so much more purposeful because it's like, oh, we're part of the story. This is part of God's story instead of like, show me the verse that says that. And I think we need the verses. But yeah, it's like, that's well, part what of the chess that? pieces. You still need the yes, pieces. But yes. what's the verse in the context of the story? Yeah. Right? Yeah. That- no, and so I just thought that was fascinating. What do you think? Or yeah, anything else? I mean, I felt like that was... Ah, that was your reaction? Okay. <laughs> but no, so to me, I just, I agree. I think, I think that one immediately stood out to me and I've been thinking about it ever since I read is like, Oh man, are we, let's be careful in the West to make sure like our our brains are actually created. This is not, this is actually physiological, biological. We are created. God put in our bodies the ability to retain way, 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 way more information Mm -hmm. if we are doing it via story. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. So I just think it's funny that we actually like don't want, but like we resist that. Right? Well, because in the West, we're just taught so much factual. Yeah, schools like that. The workplaces like mm-hmm. that. Everything is like that. And where that. the East, it's like the story, even how they tell stories or yeah. how it's just so different. Well, and, and I think even when and we... And it's true. Like, they tell the facts. And that's the thing, too. Right, they're right. not... They're not what, what's the word? They're not um, completely mutually exclusive. I think you can have facts without a story. So you can have one without the other. Yeah. But I don't think you can have a story without facts. That's Meaning good. all stories have facts. Mm-hmm. So story is just the bigger version that encompasses both. That's good. Right? Like Jesus, like it's not a coincidence in the more Eastern traditions that when they want to teach a principle, what do they do? They tell you a story. Right. You remember the story and then you now have a lesson for your life. Mm-hmm. And it's not a coincidence that when Jesus wanted to talk about truths, he didn't just say, here's the Toraic law, even though he did a couple times, right? For purpose. Um, he said, what? Here's a parable. Here's a story. Mm. Here, let me tell you something, right? Right. Well, even when we've studied a lot, we've studied a lot about families and um, 
families that stay together, whose kids keep walking with the Lord, um, yeah. just like how to cultivate to the, yeah. that. And one of the key things is to be a family that tells stories around the table. Yes. Like let's, let's have meals together. Let's tell stories. Let's have our grandparents over and have them tell stories. And yeah. um, even the Robertsons, John Luke and, you know, Duck Dynasty, um, John Luke was like, story is such a big part of our family. Like yeah. we used to sit around all the time and tell stories, like stories from the day, stories back in the day. And yeah. and those things are legacies. Like those are what we pass on to our kids. And um, so I think even in that sense, it's like just proving even more so that we are story-driven people. And even when I listen to a sermon and I try to, and something, it was just like the best sermon, what sticks with me are the stories, not, and maybe like a verse here or there, but it's like the stories are what I remember yeah. and can hold on to. Yeah. And I just want to reiterate before I move on to the next one is that this is not just, this is what I, this is what it convinced me of is that it even made me kind of more firm in my position of like, cause I've already understood or kind of been, we, we lean into this, like you said and stuff like that. But I think it made me even more from my position that this isn't just some cute, romantic, like artistic way mm -hmm. or alternative <laughs> of remembering the scriptures. This is literal science that now backs up the mm -hmm. fact mm -hmm. that God created us this way. Yeah, that's right. Good. Like it's just that, that that is the fact, right? Yeah. And this is just one little tiny example, but there's there's if you guys have listened to podcasts for a while, I give examples with the education system and uh, that whole thing and creativity and Genesis mandate. And there's a lot of different examples. But so yeah, so I, th I find that fascinating, right? Then the one that I really want to talk about that was really kind of interesting, which I think is more about the spiritual formation part of just like doing the hard work of walking with Jesus day by day and becoming like him is the London cab driver test. So it's called the knowledge. It's literally the test is called the knowledge, which I'm like, that already sounds beastly, right? <laughs> so it's considered one of the hardest tests in the world. For cab no, drivers? No, just yeah. tests. I know, but cab drivers have to take this? Yes. So, okay, I'll back up. So London cab drivers, to become a London cab driver, the, the hoops you have to jump through is a lot. Yeah. And the test you have to take is one of the hardest tests in the world, like regardless of cab drivers, like law, medicine, like it is Why an insane. Why is that? Because they, you guys, if you have time, go Google it. It is, it'll blow your mind. They have to memorize like literally the city. Like they literally have to memorize oh. 25,000 roads. But don't they just have their iPhone? No. That's not, you're not allowed to, because like you're not allowed to if you become a London cab driver. Oh. So, I mean, you can maybe use it in the car, but not for the test and not for like becoming in, in on like, it takes four years on average to what? become one. Do they get paid well? I don't know. Okay, just- I have just, so many questions. I know. I'm, I'm trying just to- confused why they would spend so much time studying. At some, yeah. If it's like more than an MCAT and a yeah. LSAT and yeah. all that. I know. It's, it's insane. Guys, go spend some time on it. It's crazy. So they have to literally memorize everything. Don't, Possible just, routes, just, streets, hold on. Every person of interest, every place. <laughs> there's, I looked it up. There's 25,000. They have to memorize a minimum of 25,000 roads. Can you imagine that? Just every single, and, and not just like randomly, but like where they're at, what it is, what it does. And then when you actually get to the final legs of the test, it'll literally be things as much as like, not just, hey, here's a route from, you know, hey, I need to get from this park to this church, you know, uh, give me the fastest route, which that, of course, would already be insanely difficult for someone just like out of thin air, mm -hmm. right across. Because if you've ever seen London too, it is not a grid. Yeah. It's not laid out. It's the opposite. It's just insane. It's this ball of mess. Like it's absurd, the streets, right? So it's just, it's insane. So like not only would that be tough, but then once you get later in the test, it starts turning so f like minute that it'll be like, okay, there's a two foot gargoyle somewhere in the city. Where is it? 
No, I just, isn't that insane? Does, yes, but it just doesn't make sense to me. Why don't they just use their iPhone? Like Uber drivers. Well, I'm sure they do once maybe they drive. I don't know. It's more like... But why would you have to take such an insane test? I don't... You know, I'm going to leave that question up to you and your pursuit And do they get it. paid? Like, what is the... Is it like a prestigious thing to be a cab driver in London? I don't know. If I mean, you're again, from London, again, please fill us in. Yes, again. Also, can I just say, I feel like when Jeff does a podcast, my IQ is going up in numbers, right? Like, IQs go up. Is that a good thing? Yeah, yeah. Like, I feel like I just learned so much, but I got to really strap on, strap in. What do you say? Strap, yeah. <laughs> strap in and like really focus on what you're saying. Yeah. My brain is being exercised right now. <laughs> Like, this isn't just a cute little interview okay. about a heart thing. This okay. is like... We got to wrap this up, though. Okay. Okay. Okay, so what does that have to do so, with spiritual formation? Uh, well, all your questions were taking us <laughs> off the rails, so... I'm just really baffled by it. Okay, so I'll, I'll, leave that, I'll leave that to you and your own research after we record, <laughs> and I want you to let the listeners know in the next couple weeks what you find. <laughs> but it's an absurd test. That's all I'm saying. It's absurd. Now, here's what's crazy, though. They've actually... I guess it's, it's insanely like rigorous. And, yes, and we get one of the, that. Okay. So what does that have to do? So what's crazy though is that, so because of that, scientists and research professors have actually studied London cab drivers' brains because it's like the amount of information they have to hold to pass that test is crazy, right? Yeah. And their ability of memory and their ability of recall and their ability of like all that stuff. So they've studied their brains and it is a direct... It is 100% proven that basically every London cab driver has a better and better, not only a better memory, but an actual physical bigger part of their brain, the hippocampi, than anyone else. Is that just because it's been exercised? Yes. So that's so what's like so, a muscle. Exactly. So that that was the finding because what what a lot of people think, and this is actually like before 10 years ago, not many, maybe 20, brain plasticity, the kind of the concept that as an adult, you can kind of like change the structure of your brain it can grow mm -hmm. it can adapt was actually kind of like not no one really believed it or right, at least it, it was just for children yes and it was kind of like it's firm and it's firm right mm -hmm. but so this was really kind of groundbreaking and is part of some of the more groundbreaking research of brain plasticity because i think this study was 2011 because it shows that yeah the brain is a lot more plastic is kind of plasticity it can stretch and malleable to to bend towards whatever pursuit you put your life mm, towards. That's interesting. It, it's, to me, it's totally the like you are what you become, which is a scriptural ideal, right? Yeah. Whatever you point yourself towards, whatever you pursue day by day by day, not overnight, not some crazy hit, not some crazy high, not some crazy thing, but day by day by day, it'll make you into a different mm -hmm. person, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Because they actually studied, yeah, they, they have large, they, not just even like their memory. Does that mean their head is bigger? If your brain is bigger? I don't know how that works. but Just curious. Um, another question for your research. Um, <laughs> so, uh, but yeah, I just, it was fascinating that they studied that their brains were actually, not their brains, that I think it was the hippocampi, uh, the part of their brain was way bigger and it got bigger and bigger as they went, basically as they mm. continued to stretch right. the muscle and exercise the muscle. And it also then started to shrink when people left. Which is fascinating, right? Because they're not using it. Yeah, because so. they're not using it. Yeah. And it definitely wasn't just a like, because then one thing they were like, oh, is it just because maybe the people that draw, the people that want to be London cabbies are people that have that bigger part of their brain. Right, right, right. right. So they even tested against that. And oh, found because that, it went down. Well, no, and that that's not true because they also did like a sample, a sample, a case study where they basically had all these people going in at the same age, same time, similar, you know, everything's the same. And some people, and they had the same size 
part of their brain yeah. and some of them didn't become london cab drivers some mm-hmm. did and then five years later only the people that had the cab drivers had a bigger part of you oh, know, it was bigger that's fascinating so they pretty much proved that yeah just like yeah. Mm-hmm. you and that and that so ah so then the reason that what really stood out to me <laughs> what really stood out to bring me bring it there, home babe bring it home yeah, well what really stood out to me there is that's that literally is a picture of spiritual formation mm-hmm. right that you we are what we point ourselves towards and are we pointing ourselves towards jesus and what are we filling our mind with? Yeah, not just that, but like it actually is this like rigorous, like following Jesus is rigorous, mm-hmm. difficult, day by day. Stu- like I think we kind of want it to be more romantic or more spiritual or more just like, and there's elements of that for right. sure. Right. But I think a lot of spiritual formation is exactly that. It's formation. It's, mm-hmm. be, it's forming you, right. right? And that part of your like we will become more like Jesus. Like think of almost like the hippocampi and then like the part of us that's like Jesus. That'll grow the more we rigorously pursue this uh, endeavor of like human image bearingness, right? Of like that God wants us to point in this direction mm-hmm. of following him and being like him. And you have to actually play it out. It can't just be something you think. Right. Because what's interesting too is these these London cab drivers, after they did it, like they have to go drive the streets. Mm-hmm. They have to rigorously, pre- the, the, the thing I talked about in the beginning, they have to do deliberate practice that's another thing that's really really important and that's they say the best way to train most people who become london cab drivers the way they train to become one is they basically just rode around london for years on a scooter with a map wow so like it wasn't they didn't just sit in a room right and thinking about it it, yeah Mm. that was a part of it for sure just like we need to memorize the scriptures we need to understand truth we need to understand theology but literally the way you get that bigger part in your brain is by going out and driving the streets So I wonder too, like, man, are, we, do we only become like Jesus when we actually go play the game? Sure. Right? When we actually well, go love people, it, love God, love neighbor. you do it? Exactly. And that's yeah. the rigorous part that stretches you because mm-hmm. it doesn't really right. stretch you to think. Mm-hmm. I don't think so. You know, maybe it can maybe stretch you a little bit to get to a test, right? But like even that test I mentioned, it's like it's you have to know where you're driving and you have to have done those routes. You have to actually have done physical activity for the test. So well, I think it could be rigorous in like believing. Yes. If you don't believe or having yeah. faith to or even understanding and understanding the scripture. Yeah. But it's a whole nother thing when you're tested and when it becomes real. Yeah. Not real, but just like, you know. Yeah. So. That's really that's really all I got again. So what? Give me give me your thoughts again. What would you what what stood out to you and what was fascinating or interesting or what what do you think about the oh, connection between I mean, Jesus and London else, cab drivers? Babe. I think it was good. I know. What do you think? <laughs> I told you everything I thought. I think it's fascinating. I mean, do you feel like that sounds like how you see spiritual formation and how we should and how people do? Totally. Oh my goodness! Thank you. What a contribution. What a contribution. <laughs> Babe, I'm the common person. I just I just oh take it in. Goodness. I let it sit for a while. No, I uh, think, I mean, I feel like I was conversational. I've, I agree. I agree. Thank you. Yes. I. You are so lovely. <laughs> Guys, I'm so, I'm he so hasn't been on in a while. We got to figure out the new rhythm. I think it's very true. And I, I mean, I totally agree. I think, but I love that you're bringing it up because I think, um, you know, I think our, uh, sorry guys, it's like late at night, so my brain is hurting, but, um, you know, I think our generation is being called back to spiritual formation or maybe not even our generation, but just our era yeah. is being called. And I feel like, you know, a couple generations ago, maybe people in the church were more legalistic or like, do this, do this, do this. And so then we swung the other way and it was like more... Yeah, do nothing. Do nothing, like 
grace. I'm all about grace, but like grace and just like, you know, all those things. You know and so now I think we're coming back to hopefully a good medium. And I'm sure years from now we'll realize the era of whatever. But just coming back to, yes, like don't be legalistic, but there are habits that form us. And there's reasons why the church fathers had spiritual formations and spiritual disciplines and we need to cultivate those and i think in a time when we want to hack everything Mm -hmm. and you know find the easiest way to do something or find the um the shortcut it's like no god wants us there's reasons why there's ways of living and that that forms us and it's good to do the hard work it's good to Mm -hmm. be in the quiet to be still to um sit with scripture to pray to um fast to you know like have a meal with community to search god's word like those things aren't fast and quick it's more of an abiding and a slow and a digging in and seeking and it's a whole lifestyle it's like what we dedicate our lives to it's a dedication um instead of the quickest way to just know things yeah exactly I love that. I think that's how you bring it home. That's how you drop the mic. <laughs> that's how you end it. Um, guys, this was another random one. You know, we kind of do one of these maybe every six to eight weeks where it's a more really bigger idea, totally a book I read and want to kind of um, talk about it. And so I don't know if you guys love these or care about these. Um, it probably feels jarring after the last couple of weeks of what Alyssa's has been doing. But um, yeah, let us know what you thought. Uh, I haven't done the pie because I haven't been on the podcast. I haven't done the, the, the podcast post on Tuesday for a while but I love the conversations that happen there. So I'll try to remember that for this one. So remember to look for that on Tuesday on my on Instagram Jeff's page. Yeah. I always post an Instagram post uh, 90% of the time on my page on Tuesday with the hashtag, the real life podcast. If you want to go find them or search them and it's, and you can kind of go find episodes and comment on them. And I love, I still go back to people that comment on old ones and it's a blast. So, um, all right. We love you guys. Bye.